This idea is like, hey, I'm a solo artist, I'm a solo entrepreneur. Has that kind of like followed you throughout your entire journey? It has. Even the guy who taught me, he's like, you're so solo. Like he's mm -hmm. always told me that I've always, like I said, I can partner. I'm a great listener. We can work together. I'm going to be your best business partner. Yeah. But when it comes to my life, I'm in charge. I don't want to really, that might even be some of my single issues. Like mm. I'm going to make sure that this house is solid anything that happens outside of the house. Like I was telling a friend the other day, I can handle chaotic work environments. I cannot handle chaotic home environments. The best way to support the Work and Play podcast is by subscribing to the YouTube channel and by going to your favorite podcast player to subscribe and rate the Work and Play podcast. That's all you have to do. So if you are liking the Work and Play podcast, the content, the stories that we're sharing, and you know that this will help someone, go ahead and share the content to someone who could actually use it and help them on their journey to transition from corporate into entrepreneurship. Now let's get back into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Work and Play Podcast. I'm your host and career transformation coach, Arielle Young, and I have a beautiful resource for you today. Someone who's actually done it, she's learned from it, she has a story to tell, and now she helps other people do the exact same thing. Now, honestly and truly, because I, I like to be transparent with y'all, we've had this conversation again, but because podcasting is its own beast that you have to overcome. <laughs> I am grateful to have you on the couch for yes. the second time for us to have a conversation about your story. The second time's a charm. <laughs> the second time is a charm. So without further ado, please introduce yourself to the folks. Hey again, folks. Hey, billionaires. I'm Blessing Destiny. Here today, I'm talking to you guys about my transition from like corporate to entrepreneurship. So as I've coined the phrase, I am a personal injury consultant. About 12, 13, about 12 to 13 years ago, I started in this journey. Um, one car accident at a time. Here we are 13 years later and it's still paying me and getting better and better every year. So I just decided to share the story with you guys and see how I can bless you as well. Let's go. The biggest part about it is the fact that you can help people get to the money before they quit their jobs. So the part about getting to like even getting ready to leave your job is one thing. That's whole mindset. And you are so good at like shifting your mindset. We talked about that before the podcast. And then it's how do you actually generate income outside of your nine to five so that you know, okay, I have some stable income. I have a source of income in another way. So how are you helping people get to the money? Just like I did. So I've since meeting with you the last time, you know, you start getting in your circles, like you and I are in very similar circles mm -hmm. and most of us are comfortable. But since speaking with you the last time I was speaking with so many people who are uncomfortable that I forgot that I used to be that person who couldn't pay their bills mm. and needed some extra income. So when I was thinking about the numbers and what I can help people make 50,000, an extra $50,000 a year for some is a lot to others is not, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes I am able to help people transition from their job. And some people I'm just helping you find some extra pocket money mm -hmm. because if you're like me, we want all the money that we can possibly have. Abundance. So, abundance, abundance. So that's kind of how I got started. I really just needed extra money. And it was a side hustle that I did. And that side hustle just started making me and generating me more money than what I was doing. Yeah. And then I just by default transitioned. And that's been my secret sauce to life, like just riding the roller coaster 
and getting off whenever it lands and makes sense. I love it. I love it. I love it. Riding the roller coaster. I use roller coasters as imagery in my mind mm-hmm, all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know if it's because we sad sisters. It's probably that. It could. It really could be. <laughs> Sometimes I think about some of the similarities between mm-hmm. me and Blessing and I'm like, is it because we're sad <laughs> or is it just like similar consciousness? But you mentioned like you left by default. Honestly, I'm so about, um, I'm similar. Mm-hmm. I, I live life and I go through life um, and I listen to what the omens and things are telling me, mm-hmm. signs, right? Yeah. And some people are more like, I got a plan. Mm-hmm. So what's dope about your story is you've gone, you've, you've learned some things, and then you got a chance to go back and say, okay, so what went right and what went wrong? Mm-hmm. I want to know, like, first, this, her story of how she found out about personal injury is pretty dope. Mm-hmm. So if you could go back to the time where you were actually happy at your nine to five, mm-hmm. let's talk about what exactly were you doing before you actually got to Yeah, so I was happy at my nine to five. Uh, as a Sag, I feel like we're like 50% creative, 50% very business driven. So mm-hmm. um, I was very much in my creative element at that time. I was working as a makeup artist. I was in fashion. What? Yes, I was in fashion design school at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Okay. Um, yes, girl. I was. Um, I had a singing group. Literally, uh, three of us moved moved here from Savannah, Georgia, to Atlanta. We had a four bedroom apartment right on Lenox Road, and it was making the band my way. Are you <laughs> like serious? that was the idea behind it. Making the band my way. That should be a reality. Listen, show. I'm like, we're going to sleep, eat, work, and get famous was the plan that was my dream that was my goal that's what i wanted to do Mm -hmm. i was new to atlanta i was having so much fun i was not making any money so even when i moved here i was very um good with money in general um i ended up getting kicked out of school because it was just super expensive i i didn't have that kind of money Mm -hmm. but as far as like taking care of my rent and my car note insurance like things like that has never really been an issue for me because i just make sure i work and get those things covered Mm -hmm. but as when i moved to atlanta to you know try something different in a complete new environment I started taking risk with my money. Like, okay, I'm gonna be famous one day. I'll have plenty of money. I'll start paying those credit cards back later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't buy, worry about buying furniture in my house right now. I'm just gonna sleep on this pallet because I'm working the dream. Let's go. And that's what I did. So what happened? This, like, we gotta know. Uh, First of all, can uh-huh. you share what your group was? And what, what was your, I did not know you had a singing bar. Girl, we come up with something new every time. Yes, y'all, my group's name was Beauty with Roman numeral I, so it was B U A B E A U T I I I, because it was three of us in the group. We on um YouTube. <laughs> check it out, check it out. So then, so you have the creative side. It's literally your dream. Gotta know what happened to that because I'm somewhere along the line the business side of you kicked in. <sighs> Those girls was not about this life, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like I moved, even though that's not very far. I left everything behind. Even probably the love of my life to this day, I left him behind to pursue this dream. Mm. And they just were not working the dream. They were wasting my time. And it wasn't fair to me or any of us that if he wasn't going to take it seriously, we then we got to abort this mission. And that's what ended up happening. Just people weren't living up to it in a way they should. We were like 22, 23. Some of them had issues with partying. Some of them just had issues with dating and can't stay focused. But mm-hmm. I'm not sinking with y'all. Abandon ship. <laughs> Abandon ship. Abandon ship. 
No, that's 100%. It's, it's like that same thing with um, entrepreneurs. So before I became an entrepreneur, I would hear, you know, stories of people mm -hmm. starting things, super passionate, and then somebody falls off and it creates this like struggle to keep the consistency. It's made me very much a solo artist. Like mm -hmm. I, we can always do partnerships, mm -hmm. but very rarely do I let people into my actual business because everybody's not going to go as hard as you go. Mm, but can you and the that? business can fall apart. I get what you're saying, but mm -hmm. can you keep that mindset forever as an entrepreneur? Um, do singing groups who break up usually go back to the group? They might do a reunion show, but then we're we're back off to this is my coin. This is my bag. Right, right. I can depend on me, and we can partner. <laughs> I depend on me. Listen, on, and I was channeling Beyonce as I was thinking about that. Literally, <laughs> so, it came out just listen. right. Listen. So learning that being a solo, and it's so funny because I'm thinking about your actual story, mm -hmm. right? Um, how you pair with someone else to learn the game, but this new, like this idea that's like, hey, I'm a solo artist, I'm a solo entrepreneur. Has that kind of like followed you throughout your entire journey? It has. Even the guy who taught me, he's like, you're so solo. Like he's mm -hmm. always told me that I've always, like I said, I can partner. I'm a great listener. We can work together. I'm going to be your best business partner yeah but when it comes to my life i'm in charge i don't want to really that might even be some of my single issues like mm. i'm gonna make sure that this house is solid anything that happens outside of the house like i was telling a friend the other day i can handle chaotic work environments i cannot handle chaotic home environments are you still trying to get a leg up on your entrepreneurial career? Now, I told you about the morning meetup, the community that was created for the betterment of entrepreneurship, and we are cooking up some really cool things. Now, here's the thing. If you join today, you can actually get in for 60% of the original price. So if you join today, all you have to do is download the app, and I provided the link below so that you can join us. We have community, we have a book club, and it's the largest group that meets every single day, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. to literally get ahead start on entrepreneurship so if you're still trying to grow you don't know what your business is going to be but you know you want to be an entrepreneur this is the community for you so check out the morning meetup click the link below download the app and join us today um so when i was dating this guy he likes chaotic home environments i'm not doing that He's like, you do it at work? Yeah, I can leave it at work. When I come home, I need peace. Mm. And my home and myself is my temple and I want to be in control of that. As you, as you should. Mm -hmm. uh, think about the serenity prayer. God grant me the strength, the serenity to control the things that I can't control, the courage to um, change the things that mm -hmm. I can. You know, that whole uh, thing, I think that we have to understand in perspective what the, what are the things that we can control and then what are things that we can't. So right. you distancing yourself from the group, you're realizing I have control over myself. So when, at what point did you decide or did you find personal injury? Yes, guys. So that money part. So we didn't I didn't have any money. I wasn't really able to pay my bills like I've always been able to do. So we talked about this the last time I was when working in the Mac counter I started in Savannah. I was waiting for them to transfer me to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So my first like four to six months of living in Atlanta, I drove four hours every weekend back and forth from Savannah to Atlanta because my job there was Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday and Sundays. Mm -hmm. So now the money is just dwindling even more. At the time, Mac was one of my best paying jobs. Like they mm -hmm. paid me better than anywhere I ever worked and I've always had pretty decent paying jobs so I didn't want to lose that I was just waiting to be transferred mm -hmm. so I was just applying for whatever random jobs I can apply for met this guy in the mall one day he approached me he was the first guy who ever I'm from Savannah Georgia a little country girl yeah. I'm used to 
guys with baggy shorts and t-shirts and Air Force Ones hollering at me, right? So, yo, 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 mom. Yes. <laughs> he comes up to me in this business suit with the, with the uh, Spot UV business card, like nothing I've ever seen before. But he said to me, I'm going to help you make more money than you've ever made in your life. Listen, I didn't know if he was serious or not, but no one has ever spit that line to me before. Mm. So I was intrigued. You were bought. You were sold. I was sold because if it was a lie, it was a, it, it sounded good. Mm. It was better than you show all a blessing. That's what everybody says. He had a unique line. Yeah. So I called him up and it ended up being the truth. It wasn't fast money or a lot of money at first, but he he ended up hiring me for a position. Uh, where he had a marketing firm, um, basically digital and, and, and print products. So like business cards, which is why he had the spot UV best card I've ever seen. Um, um, banners and flyers and anything you can print. That's what he did. And most of his uh, clientele were chiropractors and personal injury attorneys. And so um, he kind of had been dibbling and dabbling with referrals of accidents for years. I guess that's a thing here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. But we also had one doctor that ordered from us on a regular basis that had a referral program for his patients, technically, that whenever a patient um, came to his clinic to get more patients, he would say, send me your referrals, I'll give you $200. Okay. So I'm like, well, do I have to be a patient or can I just send referrals? And he was like, well, if you can find them, send them. So we just started getting really good at trying to find people who had been in accidents and referring them to him for side money. And again, it just kept getting better and better. We started getting more resourceful. We started finding different avenues and mm -hmm. it just ended up outpacing everything else we were working on. Even that business, even that print business got shut down because of accident referrals that so accident referrals mm -hmm. before we get so deep into your um, journey we got to take a moment and, and stop real quick so we do live in georgia and i think you mentioned it's the personal it's like the highest personal injury state. yeah i think it's like georgia texas um cali are like big personal injury states okay mm -hmm. and because of that what we are familiar with here in atlanta there on the radio station you always hear 1-800-411-PAIN are all of the different <laughs> types of slogans that mm -hmm. you're familiar with. And that's all we know from our perspective. Mm -hmm. What's dope about it is you know the other side. Mm -hmm. You mentioned referrals, but there's a whole world behind it. So I just describe what I know about personal injury from my perspective, my limited mm -hmm. experience. But for the people who don't understand, what does that actually mean? Can you describe like the industry for sure? Sure, that, that's actually a great question because even before being in this industry, like you said, I saw it totally different. Mm -hmm. So we mentioned this the last time. One of my earliest and fondest um, memories of commercials, period, is Ken Nugent. Like he's been around since I was a little girl. I can still see those commercials. Then he is still doing the same commercials now. Yeah. The slogan hasn't changed. Nothing has changed. Um, when you're watching, especially like local TV, like you said, radio, they're probably going to be all the commercials. It's going to be if there's 10 commercials, eight of them are personal injury. Right. Okay. So they're doing that for a reason. You and I don't need them today because we are not in an accident today. Mm -hmm. But there's a possibility that one day we will be a family family member might be a friend or something like that. And they're going to want you to remember that catchy jingle and call them. And that works really well. And if you really start paying attention, every attorney markets to a different crowd or a different demographic, a different type of person. Mm -hmm. So I'm in an accident at 19 years old and my car is total, but I'm not beat up. I'm not bruised. I'm bruised, but it's not life or death. 
I end up going to the hospital. I get like a $500 um, hospital bill. They pay me $500 for that bill. They pay me for my car and Who I go the insurance company, excuse okay. me, the at fault insurance company. So whenever you're in an accident, usually there's someone that's at fault and there's someone that is not at fault. We as the attorney and we as the accident referral source are going to pursue a settlement against the at fault party. Okay. Okay. So do you need a police report and all that? You should always, you don't have to have one. So say for instance, you and I are in an, in an accident mm -hmm. and we don't call the police and okay. you were at fault. Now I call your insurance company to have my car fixed because you know you were at fault, mm -hmm. but we don't have a police report. You decided you wanted to change your story. Okay. Yeah. Because you don't want that. On your record. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's why you always want a police report because everyone's nice and friendly at the scene. We're just trying to get out of here. And then, but I would say maybe 50, 50, when you do not have a police report, the other party usually tries to change the story or say, I cut in front of you and that made me. And then it's like, okay, you're 50% liable. You're 50% liable mm -hmm. versus that police report. Hey, this is what happened. Exactly. So at this point in your story, you had already been paid 500 because they accepted culpability. Yeah. So they were definitely at fault. The person that hit me was definitely at fault. They T-boned me. Mm -hmm. My car was totaled. And uh, my medical bills is 500. So I'm thinking they paid me for my car. They paid me for my medical bill. We good. Mm -hmm. So then a couple of months later, I got a physician's bill. So I call Progressive back, the app on insurance company. I'm like, I have another bill. They was like, no, ma'am, we already closed out your claim. I'm like, well, who pays this $200 bill? You. Mm. So even with that, I said all that to say personal injury nine times out of 10, especially in our, our community, most people's primary concern is getting their car fixed. Mm -hmm. If I so call the at fault insurance company, they're going to pay for your property damage mm. case closed. And that's pretty much all of us want. I did not pursue a settlement, even though I had seen personal injury commercials my entire life because I didn't feel like I was banged up enough yeah so I just let it go mm -hmm. that same accident that happened to me in 19 and I got the $500 well I didn't even get that I I, I evened out for sure I know I could at least got $30,000 for that exact same out um, now that you know what you now know. that I know what I'm doing mm. and that's what's happening most of us don't care about the bodily injury portion most of us don't know how lucrative that is for them most of us feel like $30,000 is a lot of money yeah. It's a lot of money to us in one lump sum, but to progressive in these conglomerates, mm -hmm. that's no money. They, pr they produce billions of dollars a year. If they got to pay you 30, that's like $30 to them. Yeah. But they do know psychologically how you feel about $30,000 and that you feel like you're not really hurt. And then you start calling them and say, I'm not really hurt. And they use those words against you. Mm. So that's why the first thing a personal injury attorney is going to tell you, do not do a recorded statement. Okay. Because when you're calling them and you say, yeah, I'm not that badly hurt. I got a little neck pain. We're going to say the complete opposite. My client is hurt, period. Yeah. She's in pain, period. We're not giving them those small words to try to diminish your claim. Yeah. We're giving them the words to empower your claim. So when it comes to like you working with people who um, have been in an accident, you're in the referral business. So mm -hmm. by the time you get to con contact a, um, a client, are they in a space where they it's been months since they've had an accident and there you have to convince them that they need help or what's the conversation usually like when you make a con when you make contact? I normally speak to people fairly quickly. Like the goal is to speak with you within days, if not the next day of, of you accident. having an accident, because mm -hmm. again, we really don't want you doing that recorded statement. 
Most of us are not going to go to the doctor. We need you to go to the doctor. That's one of the main things I learned, but the money is in your bills and records. Mm. So you got to go improve while we're asking for this money. And that's through you get into these appointments. So if I meet you a month later and you've done nothing, we can get you some money, but we playing games. You know what I'm saying? So to really be, um, to really take advantage of this, we want You got to start helping them sooner than later. Sooner. We say at least two weeks will be a, a good period of time that something's in motion. Got you. Mm-hmm. I can think of the first thing that comes to mind. If I don't feel like I'm hurt, I'm missing work. Cause a lot of people mm-hmm. I know they have to go to work. They can't necessarily take off. They're like, I don't, I just don't have the time. For mm-hmm. this. What are, what are some of the things that you say to a person if they're not really feeling like they have time or that they even are that hurt to show up for the, the bills and the appointments that they need to, to show Yeah, up number one is you get reimbursed for your lost wages. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you will miss that money today, but we will get it back for you at, at when we settle your case. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> we promise, well, we're not even promise them that. That's just a real thing that you get reimbursed for any lost wages related to that accident. And then I just paint the picture, like, depending on where they're working, like, ma'am, when's the last time your job paid you $30,000? Let's get this $30,000 in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other part of that question I was going to answer? Um, it was one other thing I wanted to add to that. What you tell them? I was going to say also, um, if we just say, let's say 20 to 35, that is um, 15 years mm-hmm. times 200, whatever that is, y'all, y'all do the math. That's how much I've paid to the insurance comp- industry. 30,000, so 30, 30, 3,000. Mm-hmm. It's more than 3,000. 1,500, you said? So let's say for the last 15 years, oh, every 15 month, years, every month, we paid them $200 for oh, a car insurance. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it's got to be more than yeah, 3,000. Yeah, 15 times two, you don't, okay, got it. Y'all do the math, all right, when y'all watch this podcast. <laughs> and that's how much we have paid them. Give me my money back. Yeah. It's insurance. Got you. So you help them understand the value of yes. the interest that they've been paying. Yes. For. Why are you just giving Progressive and Allstate and State Farm money every year of your life mm-hmm. and getting nothing back for that? They didn't give you anything back when they paid for your property damage. You paid them for that. Yeah. This is legit your money. We pay them. They hold your money. Get your money back. I start having all those kind of conversations. I think that's important. And then people are like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I'm going to go get my money. It's kind of like, <laughs> uh, uh, it's my money and I need it now. <laughs> that's why my business is called Your Accident and Your Money, because that's what it is. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. I think that in America, we have this concept around money that's really discouraging. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just personal injury. I'm thinking about so many different business credit, mm-hmm. business funding, the money. The, stocks. We have stocks. We have access to so much cash. But let's say $30,000 for some reason, we feel like it's illegal for mm-hmm. us to have our mm-hmm. own money. It's illegal for us to say some things like that. And even for me, like, I was in an accident one time and I. I felt like because there was such a negative connotation, mm-hmm. ambulance chasers mm-hmm. and, and, and all these things that I just didn't feel like, oh, you know, should I be pursuing it? Should I be going to the chiropractor? Mm-hmm. You know, should I feel like, I mean, I did feel bad, but then I felt like, oh, I just felt like I was robbing someone. Yeah. How do we. How, America robs me every day. Come on. And I feel mean? very comfortable in that statement. Mm. If I can rob America back, I'm going to do it. What do you mean by that? 
Just what I said. <laughs> if I can rob America back, I'm going to do it. But I just told y'all we're not even robbing them. It's yeah. your money. Yeah. Insurance is supposed to pay you out. Um, like you said, it's happening across so many, so many different categories in life. But just for per like the insurance company is doing their job for you to feel that stigma. Mm. That is exactly what you want. They want you to feel mm. um, their job is the complete opposite of a personal injury attorney's job. How can we pay Ariel for her accident as least as possible? Y'all yeah. gonna make me the ambulance chaser be the bad guy when I'm trying to put 30, 40, 50, a hundred thousand dollars in your pocket. pocket. How am I the bad guy? Mm -hmm. But they have done a great job of what you just said. Like um, just in general, like society, for, for me, for an example, the stock market is a good example of that. Like I've always heard about it. I've always heard it was lucrative, but I felt like it was a white man's game. Mm -hmm. Girl, I got in that stock market. I'm like, this is all we do? <laughs> this is it? Yeah. Like there's different ways you can address the stock market. Mm -hmm. But for me, I'm a long-term investor and that's super easy. Gotcha. Put your money in the stock. Don't look at it. Don't touch at it. Stock is going to always go up. But because of the stigma yes. of that's what they do, we don't do, mm -hmm. my money wouldn't be growing for me. We'll continue as black people, most of us, put our money in the bank and it's not growing. You think somebody's going to come and encourage us to put our money where it grows? That's their family secrets. Mm. So really and truly what you're doing is debunking all these societal um, systematic ways of you know, There's so the, many the of blinders them. Over our eyes. This is just one of them. <laughs> My goodness. So you're in your nine to five. You learned that, okay, personal injury referrals is taken off more than even the, the printing business, right? Mm -hmm. How, what, what happens next? Um, we keep going. Like literally we just keep going. So one reason why I don't call this a way of transitioning out of your job to do this full time is because that's not what I did. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel comfortable on teaching anything that I didn't actually do. You got to get in it, get a taste for it. Like I know how to help you get paid today. Like I can help you get a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars a week that I can easily explain you starting to maximize it the way I maximized it. That's when you have to start getting creative. It has to make sense for you to be like, okay, this is what she's doing. I know people in this industry, like say for instance, if you know some tow truck drivers are, you might be a truck driver or something gotcha. like that. You're in those lanes and those conversations in those industries. Mm -hmm. It's a very lucrative lane for personal injury for accident referrals. Mm -hmm. I'm not in that lane. Mm. So you start just getting like literally like based off of what blessings told me based off of the couple of thousand dollars I've been able to make with her. What's next? Is it a next or do I just continue to just receive this money as I hear about it and just, you know, pick up some pocket change gotcha. and good pocket change. Like I'm want to help people on average, make at least an additional $50,000 a year with accident referrals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to get back to your story. But uh -huh. I have one more question Sure. from, uh, from the perspective of a referrals, personal injury referrals, um, associate. So you are doing, you're reaching out to the clients to help them understand, uh, that they need to uh, go ahead and go to the doctor so they can get, they can assess their injuries on the other side. What does that look like? What's the other side? So clients mm -hmm. and you're 
when they sign up with you, uh -huh. what are the services that they, that you offer? Uh, so once the client signs up with us, so we are, there's the law firm that represents them. That's who actually gets them paid the settlement. Mm -hmm. But the most important part of this whole journey is them going to chiropractors, orthopedics, their medical doctors, getting surgery, injection, just depending on whatever their actual injury is, mm -hmm. whatever that doctor recommends for your injuries, we call it a care plan, complete the care plan. So that's where people start getting a little wary. Like even in my accident last year, um, it was even hard for me. I'm a full-time entrepreneur. I'm a full-time mom. And you want me to come to this chiropractor three times a week for three months? Yeah. So sometimes I just made it once a week. Mm -hmm. I don't recommend that. Like do the best you can, um, but don't miss a week altogether. So usually that becomes the person's struggle because those that one to three months and depending if it's a more severe injury, longer period of time, you got to figure out how to do that. Those appointments are usually about 15 minutes, but you do have to clock out, mm -hmm. drive there. One thing our business tries very hard to do is we have um, locations all over the state of Georgia. So once you give me your zip code, we're looking for somewhere that's either like 15 minutes away from where you work or where you live. So they're very convenient. But um, that's the other side is the medical treatment. So even when we see all these uh, these um, these advertisements for personal injury they're not doing a good job, even though it's probably not the responsibility right then and there to explain the process. That's really the medical part that mm. gets you paid. Okay. Because mm -hmm. you have to heal your body. And so like when, a, when an attorney goes to fight on your behalf, they are more so talking about the injuries that you received physically. Um, okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's why the attorneys don't represent you for your property damage. Like, cause usually it's a very black and white situation for property damage. All right. Take it, get an estimate is $2,000. Here's a $2,000 check, mm -hmm. but your injuries are a little bit different. Um, that takes a little bit more time to figure out yes. a lot of times a personal injury. You don't feel any pain right away. It can start happening some weeks later. People start feeling like, I don't know where this pain came from. And they forget about the accident. Like, all of that so it takes a little bit longer sometimes to even figure out what your actual diagnosis is mm -hmm. so you got to be patient with the the, the, the medical part mm. Mm -hmm. you um there was i was going to ask about the personal injury side lawyers if it doesn't come back to me it usually will mm -hmm. y'all you know bear with me it will it will everything was going great so you built you had to build out this network you said that um, you have well, locations all over. So if people need it, they have, they have, um, locations all over the place. So they don't have to be too inconvenient. Mm -hmm. You were building all this in the nine to five under someone else's umbrella. Mm -hmm. At what point did you decide I want to do this for myself? So, um, four years ago for, well, almost, yeah, four years ago mm -hmm, when I was um, pregnant with my son and, um, one of the main things that had me to leave was I'm a very hard worker. I am very consistent. And this isn't the first time this has happened to me on anybody's job. If there is, let's say there's three, there is 365 days in a year. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to work all 365 days. I'm probably not even taking a lunch break during those times. Like mm -hmm. if anybody's working, it's me. So at this one job I had before, it was that exact same scenario. We had an hour lunch. Let's say... For weeks, I didn't take a lunch at all. Yeah. But every two weeks, I need to go get my nails done. And I can't get it done fast enough in my hour lunch, lunch break. break. And mm -hmm. I have another job to go to when I clock out from here, right? 
So I might be late from lunch from time to time. And she had the audacity to write me up for this. <laughs> and I'm like, theoretically speaking, yeah. yes, I am late. Mm -hmm. It's like every two weeks because I'm getting my nails done. Mm -hmm. But what about all those times I don't even take a lunch at all? Like no one's asking you for that. Mm -hmm. No one's telling me to go. Mm -hmm. Like when it's beneficial, it's beneficial. Yeah. So I don't like that personally. Like I like looking at people's overall portfolio. I understand rules, but I do feel like sometimes if we're excelling here, we can look over some things over here. Yeah. That's just how I operate. Were well, you gonna say rules are made to be broken? I'm a rebel maybe. <laughs> You know what? There's a an, on the like on personality assessments mm -hmm. and character assessments. Uh, one of the questions that I love to see how people answered on the their girl. Is, if you see a stop sign, what what do you do? Do you stop? I got a funny stop? story for you. <laughs> Tell me. Listen. So now I'm in high school, and I'm looking for a job, right? Mm -hmm. And so we had just like taken the graduation test, and I passed them all the first time. But some of my colleagues or classmates they didn't, right? And then they pass it the second time. And a lot of them were saying, because they smoke weed, they pass the test. No. <laughs> like, okay. it helped them to focus. Okay. So now I'm applying to work at Walmart. My goddaughter's mom works. She's the manager at Walmart. Mm -hmm. I'm taking the assessment test. Like, is it okay to do drugs? I'm answering it honestly. Like, based off of what I heard about them doing better the second time around, I'm saying stuff like, well, I wouldn't do it excessively, but maybe a little. <laughs> no, you did not. No, you like, you know how they're like, is it a little bit okay? Is it okay? Right. Is it very okay? You're like, a little bit. I'm like, a little bit. Kind of like, girl. So the Whoa. only reason I know that the reason that I didn't get the job because my um, godmother's mom came to me like, blessing, do you know how you answer those questions? I was like, yeah, honestly, I've seen people do better on drugs. No. <laughs> She's no. like, yeah, so that's why you didn't get the job. You know what? <laughs> I cannot, I can't even be mad at them. The one I'm time like, hey, you want me to just come to work or you want me to be effective? We might need a little weed. Oh my God. I don't smoke, but I'm just saying no, it's no, no. worked for others. Let me talk about the employee mindset with you. Like you have this uh, rebel, this like independent spirit in your whole career and all of your jobs. Has it always been a bit of a struggle for you to stay employed? Uh, I'm usually, yeah, kind of yes and no. I'm like the best and i'm not gonna stick around for the bs mm. so they know that like once you start playing with me and god is just so good like every time i never really got fired i always left on my terms and every single time it was a better situation mm -hmm. so it always worked out for me in the end if you don't see my value baby i'm not staying around us in all areas of life yeah. so i didn't feel like she saw my value and she was showing favoritism like i started keeping a journal on my desk in her plain sight like, okay, Blessing came back from lunch at this time. Everybody was Hispanic in the office except for me. Carlos came back at this time. You know what she said? Well, Carlos just had a newborn baby. Mm -hmm. Carlos is a man. Mm -hmm. The mama is at home taking care of that baby. Mm -hmm. If I have to be responsible to get back from lunch on time, so does Carlos. The nails and the baby is the same thing to me. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Come on now. You we, late, not, you late. We are not comparing. Carlos takes his lunch every day and he comes back late often. I rarely take a lunch and I come back late sometimes and you're writing me up and Carlos isn't written up. Girl, get out of my face. I'm going to, to Ruth Chris and get a job there. Blessing. We yes. are not about to compare. Yes, we are. A baby. He ain't even a woman. Bye. So long story short, 
the same thing happened in my personal injury job. I'm here like eight years every day showing up. Like if I took a lunch break, cause you probably was on lunch with me, like very, very rare. Mm -hmm. So now as a pregnant woman, I gotta go to these appointments and they are not in an hour. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that the guy that I was working for, who was also a boyfriend of mine and we were splitting up, baby was part of the reason. Um, he was just really hurt, but also giving me a very hard time about what I needed to do for as far as that pregnancy was concerned, like coming late from lunch. So even with me being pregnant, I was staying overtime. I was not taking lunch breaks when I didn't need them. But on the days that I did, I took them and they usually were extended. And I'm like, bro, you're going to give me some grace or I'm going to be out of here. And that was kind of like the final straw. And then I just, because um, I just wanted a very peaceful, non-negative pregnancy just decided that I'm going to just take my motherhood into my own terms and get out of here. Mm. Speaking of motherhood, you told me the story about the conversation you had with your mom mm -hmm. before you left your job. Mm -hmm. Tell us how instrumental your mom was in your decision to leave your role. Yeah, I might have would have continued the stress probably a little longer. I think I was going to leave eventually, but um, Labor Day was approaching. And I had a vacation and I went on vacation with my mom and her good friend. And I was six months pregnant at the time. And I was like, mom, I just, I just really, really don't want to go back to this job. And my mom was like, just don't go back. Like, it's not a debate. You just decide that you're not going to do it and you stick with that. And she's been a woman my whole life. Like, if y'all think I'm hardcore, meet this lady. When she makes up her mind, her mm. mind is made up. Mm. And so she just, we, we did talk about it in further detail and it just didn't make sense for where I was to go back. So mm. they were expecting me back after that vacation. I just didn't show up anymore. I just let them know, you know, where I'm at with everything. I won't be returning. Mm. And my mom was very instrumental to me just getting the point that you, your happiness, your baby, again, that solo ship, you come first. And everything else is second. And if anything is like draining you, get rid of it. Whew. You were how many months pregnant? Six. Six months pregnant. Mm -hmm. and you decided not to go back to your job. Um, as we know, you went into entrepreneurship and was successful at it. But what were some of the things that were going on through your head in terms of getting through this last trimester and getting into entrepreneurship. By the grace of God, I had one of the easiest pregnancies mm. that a, a woman could probably have. Besides my stomach growing, there was nothing else. Mm. No morning sickness, no anything. So a lot of laziness. I would say that I used to be extremely light, but that's probably very, very normal. Um, mm. But let me tell you how I handled that. So I used to be like very addicted to a pre-workout. So I t went to my doctor and I'm like, um, can I continue to take this while I'm pregnant? Again, y'all, I'm always looking for a little loophole. She said, I wouldn't recommend it. I said, okay, say less. I'm taking it. If it was a no, she would have said no. Okay, okay. So I, in my head, said, well, I won't take what I normally take. Let mm -hmm. me take half of that. Okay. Because she said she wouldn't recommend it. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a no. So that <laughs> helped me. <laughs> Taking that pre-workout while I was pregnant. Helped you get out of that lazy. Listen, bruh. One thing about a good pre-workout, you're going to be focused. Mm -hmm. And you're going to work. And it probably helped me. <laughs>
that last trimester. That last trimester. Yes. So I was taking my pre-workout, six months pregnant, judging mama. And so, um, yeah, I just did put my, I just put my foot on the gas and just went for it. My mom was very helpful. Whatever I needed, she was there. My baby was born in December. I want to say my mom came that October before and maybe left like June of that next year. Mm. So she you was a great support, support system. Mm -hmm. Whenever I was feeling like, not even bad, but just like, it was going slower than a, a pace I was used to it going. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, she can't, we both can't find the scripture, but it was one scripture she would tell me all the time. It was basically saying, just keep on digging blessing. Like I'll be in there working. She'll come in there. I can see it right now. She'd be like, blessing. I'm like, mom, it's just not going the way I want it to go. I knew it was going to eventually work out. I wasn't afraid of that, but I wanted it, it faster. And she was like, blessing, just keep on digging. Just keep on digging. Yeah. And that's what we did. And that's how we got here. Just keep on digging. Mm -hmm. You know, as a single woman, some of the things that I look at around um, pregnancy and even my own drive, sometimes I think to myself, would you go hard if you had a daughter, if you had a child like in your belly? And so for some people, that is the story, mm -hmm. right? Um, what do you think changed from before motherhood to after motherhood in inside your mind, mental for you? Oh, I mean, I, it just gave me I had to. That's my duet. You do it. Yeah. So anybody else can't be in my group. He is in my group. Mm. <laughs> that changed. I am not solo no more. I'm actually a duet now. And I go hard for him. I go hard for me. I, I go over my life as a child and what I liked and what I didn't like and what I could have done differently and try to do all of that for him in his life. And just very intentional and just very consistent with him. Um, I've heard women say that, you know, it made them fall off. They got depressed and postpartum depression, mm -hmm. which is real. But the way my mind is wired, even if I wanted to be depressed, I couldn't have. Mm. Because this baby didn't ask to be here. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying anything wrong about whoever's going through whatever. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, you got to figure this out. Yeah. We can't let him let because you're sad and depressed. Like if you are sad and depressed, figure out a way. This baby deserves it. You brought him here. You figure it out. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. You know what I caught in that whole story? Remember in the beginning when you said that, you know, and I still live by the roller coasters. So you said you, you found entrepreneurship by default. Mm -hmm. But in motherhood, you speak about intentionality. Because... Mm -hmm. There, well, as I learned now, entrepreneurship is like your baby. Uh -huh. right? So now you got two babies. Got two babies, yes. <laughs> and it sounds like intentionality is now a part of your vernacular, which it might not have been before. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we always had, I've always had a plan. Mm -hmm. Like even when I moved here, there was a plan. Mm -hmm. We're living in the house together. Mm -hmm. we're, we're splitting this rent. Like we had a plan, but I'm okay with the plan changing. So even with my son, I got a plan. Hopefully it don't change, but if it does, it does. I'm just trying to really pay attention because of the conversation around trauma. Like I feel like the generation before us, like our parents, didn't have the luxury to even care about what a trauma was. That's facts. Like you gotta go to work, you gotta put food on this table, you gotta figure out how to provide for this family. The job is not paying you enough. You're probably working two jobs, so trauma <laughs> we're just surviving yeah. i think our generation has more luxury where we can actually think about these things yeah. and then because of that you know if they're always seeing the trauma stealing from childhood and i never used to you know this is a new conversation that we're having a lot so i'm like if this stems from childhood what i'm going through today at 35 
I have a child. Let me pay attention to his childhood. Let yeah. me see what we're doing here because one day he's going to be 35 and his issues are going to come from his childhood. Yeah. So that part I am very, very intentional about. Like, so he's three and he's on YouTube trying to teach himself how to play the piano. So my neighbor told me he played piano. I'm like, so what's a good age for him to start? Mm -hmm. He said, you know, he was just like my son. He was very interested in the piano, but a piano teacher had told his parents six to eight is a good year to start playing the piano. Okay. As a grown up, his trauma is I wish I had started sooner. Really? His trauma is I wish my parents identified that I like playing the piano and a child can learn how to play the piano before six to eight years old. Yeah. Guess what I did the next day? Put your child in. piano. Yes. You gotta, you gotta make difference. Here's an adult telling me he still remembers that they made him wait to six to eight and start playing. Exactly. He wanted to play sooner. You gotta break he was chains. showing the skill that he could play sooner. Yes. Listening to society. Yes. Don't go get your money from the insurance company. Don't put him in piano before six. He still remembers that. Yeah. I'm not going to catch everything, but I'm catching what I can catch. Do your thing. And I'm making sure we address it. So when he grow up, and he says, like, I got one other thing to add to that. Um, this parent that I don't know personally just said this story to a friend of mine. Um, they used to do a really, really, really big Christmas. And as a father, he felt like he was doing great by his kids from doing that. Mm. His adult, one of his adult children now don't sell her. She doesn't do a tree at all. She eventually tells the father the reason that she doesn't do the trees because all the energy he put into the tree when they were growing up that it took focus off of. So here it is him as the father mm -hmm. trying to provide the best experience. Let's say it was four children. Four of the three of the four children received exactly what he was trying to give. What he was trying to give. Mm -hmm. That other little heifer. No. <laughs> The other little lady yeah. feels the complete opposite. Yeah. I said all that to say all I can do is the best I can yeah. and be very intentional mm -hmm. and try to do what I think is right. Mm -hmm. But it's always one little heifer. You know, our perspectives are always different. And depending on what we all need as children, it, it changes. Um, but like you said, I think the most thing that the, the biggest thing that resonates with me of what you said was we allow society to tell us what's right and what's wrong mm -hmm. we allow society to make us feel bad mm -hmm. or good for whatever it is that we're doing mm -hmm. in this life and you mentioned like going back to this mindset of receiving your money or or actually getting money from the the insurance companies as not a bad thing but truly something that you it, it's something that you've learned how to master and you don't even the person who's in an accident doesn't have to worry about as long as they put their trust in you. Mm -hmm. And Lord knows if y'all haven't gotten to know Blessing enough, she's gonna make sure you get your money. Yes. How do you teach people to do what it is that you do? Um. So I tell them that, I, I, again, I'm just an example. Mm -hmm. Like if that's what I love about people who've done it before me. If they can do it, you can do it. Matter of fact, here's the blueprint so you can do it even better. So I tell them everything that is that I know and like even even what we have going on today with the level of which we've grown accident referrals and the people, the smaller niche community that we have, we're doing it at the highest level. Mm. It's been people doing it years before we even probably even thought about doing it and just how we're able to make relationships with attorneys. 
you know, once upon a time, that doctor paid us the referral, but now we're actually building relationships with the doctors. Like yeah. you are the part of the referral service. That wasn't always. Oh, really? Part. Yeah, like that doctor, I told you guys in the beginning, he paid his patients $200 for them sending new patients. Yes, yes. So now we're going to other chiropractors. Like we can send you, um, we can send you patients because we're a law firm. Yeah, so that the $200 that they were once paying the client do they now ship that twenty, that two hundred dollars to you all through referrals? Technically, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not technically called a referral, but like marketing. Mm -hmm. So it's just a it's a different way of marketing. So versus gotcha. this chiropractor or this attorney being on radio, spending their advertising dollars that way, mm -hmm. they'll spend their mm -hmm. advertising dollars with us, yeah. and then we produce the leads which is what commercials are for anyway the leads yes yes mm -hmm. so let's walk through uh the steps of learning how to get into personal injury so that they can get to the money what's one of the first things that a person is going to need to understand before they start to get licenses or start calling on the phone it's a, so like a, it's, it's nothing to even understand y'all are not explaining anything to anybody about an accident per se um the easiest way for people to start is just to let people know that you are a resource for it. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, especially in the beginning, especially when my pockets was hurting, everybody knew what I did. Like all over social media, I would post about it. My family knew at church, uh, my church family knew, my family knew, I would text everybody. Um, and you would just be surprised. Like, if, so my goal back then was, um, was $1,000 a week, which was $200 a referral. So that was five people a week. Okay. And just from word of mouth, I was getting five people a week. And then I took it to the next level. I talked about this on another podcast that I end up getting a police scanner because I'm like, oh, this is nice. Oh. So I end up getting a police scanner yeah. and I'm, I'm out in Decatur from like 7 a.m. to 830 because people are on their way to work. Then I go again in the evening time from like 430 to 7 because people are getting off of work. I'm listening for the police scanner to say, hey, there's an accident on Panola and Candler. I'm rolling right on up mm -hmm. and I'm saying things to them like I'm, I'm switching up my spill, just trying to see which one works the best. Hey, I've worked with this chiropractor before, which technically I did because I'm working for him. Um, he does great work. If you are having some back pain, like mm -hmm. here's his card. Mm -hmm. You can go there. They'll help you out tremendously. So then I'm calling the chiropractor like, hey, I'm sending such and such and such and such. Or I might just get their phone number and say, I don't have their information with me today. Can you give me your number? And then I'll call them up that way and just connect the dots. But the main thing is just letting people know that that's what you do. Um, and then from there, people start telling other, like, you will just be surprised how, this is Georgia, y'all. It's Sometimes I wonder how we do so well, because there's so many popular attorneys on television and yeah. radio that you would think the they, game is sold up. What's the word? Um, you know, saturated. People you think, would think, but god continues to provide so yeah. i just want people to know that there's so many accident accidents happening in georgia mm -hmm. that you can get paid from it still mm. and a lot of people don't trust those television attorneys as well because in general attorneys usually don't have a great reputation in the black community again so some of us are really hurt mm -hmm. this is when we get all the time i don't want to give that attorney all my money well, ma'am, you're not about to get no money right now. Yeah. 66% of $100 is better than no dollars. Yeah. So they start feeling, because the average the average amount of money that an attorney gets is like 33% of the settlement. Okay. So if somebody is getting $20,000, 
that means the attorney's getting like six thousand of that. Okay. So on the on a bad day, the chiropractor's getting another six, and you're walking away with six. Okay. Okay. So it's a three, three, three. It it, it uh, doesn't necessarily kind of. have to be. Mm -hmm. So another thing that I um encourage people to do just through through advocacy is getting something on your um insurance policy, your own insurance policy called medical payment. Okay. Okay. What's so. That? It's medical payment or med pay will be what we just talked about. So everybody got $6,000 from that kind of sort of from that $20,000 split. Mm -hmm. But if, if I was in the accident and I had med pay, which I do or did at the time of $5,000, the chiropractor would have only got 1,000 hmm. okay. and the 5,000 would have come to me. So now I would have gotten 11,000 instead of 6,000. And the chiropractor is stuck with the $500 bill, but they only got a thousand because their work? med pay is covering it. Oh, med pay. So because you have med pay and it doesn't count against you to use your med pay because gotcha. you understand how your insurance policy works. Mm -hmm. Med pay covers the doctor. The only thing, the balance is a thousand. So you get the other two thirds. Mm, this sounds like easy math. So I get it. Mm -hmm. What, what do you say to, um, people who are afraid like you went and said you were pulling up on people at their like, Baby, I was afraid but I like getting paid the pay the the money conquered the fear like I would have to talk to myself every dang on time what would you say <sighs> let me hurry up and let this police go away oh my god the police is taking forever there's another accident happening I'm gonna have to go approach these people I'm, I've already driven here mm -hmm. it would be sad for me to go home and not have done what I came here to do Sometimes you even got to create a new person, bro. Like I probably wasn't even blessing anymore at that point. Hi, I'm Tiffany. Yeah. Like Tiffany got rejected, not me. How many times did that work? Recently? All the time. Like really? most times it worked. So yes. It probably works better for you to show up on the spot than it is to just call somebody. Either way, just try. Like just mm. try. Like one point in time, you know, it wasn't even what worked better is like I said, the more you seek, the more you find. So the connection I have now, I didn't have then. Mm -hmm. So if I want to get paid, that's what I had to do. But each thing of what I had to do led me to a better way of doing it. Got you. Hmm. So now time wise, I don't have to go listen to the police scanner because I got this connect just way more convenient. Yeah. But that not, not, might not be where you are today. Exactly. You might need the scanner. <laughs> exactly. So there's a, there's a part of, of, of like showing up that you have to do. Mm -hmm. Um. So after or that, that you may have to do, you may not have to do it. You know, yeah. I know girls who work as nurses. That's a very popular field for us. We make that work. And so they don't, I mean, but if they want mm -hmm. to come into this world, it sounds like they have to develop this hustler's mentality. It's definitely a hustler's mentality. It's definitely that. And yeah, it's that. Got you. Mm -hmm. So for those clients. You can't be afraid to speak up and let people know what you do. Yeah. Or what you have to offer. You are which strengthens you for other areas in your life. Like that has made me so fear. I was already kind of brave. Like fear is when you stop and don't do it. Mm -hmm. Like most of us, this, it says it, you might feel the fear, but do it anyway. That's courage. Most of us feel the fear, mm -hmm. but most of us don't do it anyway. So when you start feeling the fear and doing it anyway, it goes over to every part of your life. Like nothing scares you. Like if I can walk up on the police and give up my information, who's going to stop me? Yeah. It's not illegal. Let's do this. Yeah. So it just makes you even a stronger person in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In your course, how are you planning or how do you help that person who is in their head and they're like not saying any of the good things to make them take action? 
So if you're in your head, I'm gonna do what we're doing here now. Like just painting the picture of why you gotta conquer this. It's not even that you have to conquer this for accidents. You gotta conquer this fear because life is gonna always be throwing something to you. Mm -hmm. And the sooner you can get over that, the more productive your life is going to be. Um, do it anyway, guys. Do it anyway and do it scared. I'm hoping that that's not a huge part of the course that I have to, to get you there. But if it is, that's going to be my verbiage. Like, you have to do this. And it's going to help you in so many other areas of your life once you just get over the fear in general. Tomorrow is going to be a new fear. The next day is going to be a new fear. But once you become a fear conqueror, you conquer all fears. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a, a mom, a single woman, a dad even, mm -hmm. who's watching your story right now, and they feel like, you know what? <clears throat> I gotta do it. And so the person who knows that they need it, that they have that hustler's mentality, they might not know how to make that extra mm -hmm. stream of income. Mm -hmm. They can tap into you mm -hmm. and they can learn this skill that honestly a lot of people don't know or stigmatize. Mm -hmm. That's gonna help them get, you said at least $50,000. Mm -hmm. That's the dope part. So blessing, I, one, I've enjoyed your story. Yes. I think that the hustler's mindset is one that a lot of us don't necessarily have at, uh, naturally, but it is one that you can develop by being around people with that hustler's mentality. Um, taking it a step further than building your business and after you've made your first 50000 and you know that you this is something that you want to do, you might want to tap into even more of what uh, Blessing has to offer because you're going to offer more for the journey. I'm mm -hmm. sure of it yes. as you get into it. This was only four years ago, so the more you learn, the more you'll be able to show people the way. Exactly, exactly. I mean, that's it, people. Whatever it is, because this, this whole podcast is about transitioning from corporate to entrepreneurship. And that's very scary. Mm. Like just in its own right, whatever your lane is, is very scary usually, but it still has to be done. Every person has who's done that did it anyway. And that's all that I am really teaching you. Like just do it anyway. Mm. And this is just something that just goes so well with, like I said, we're not teaching you technically a new skill, just make people aware of what you now offer what's in your arsenal keep your ears open is what i call it i'm like dolores from Encanto. what did you say about an accident let me tell you <laughs> i want to be here for no i'm not no yes i'm isabella for halloween but yes um that's it y'all y'all just keep your ears open it's so much money out here that none of us really have to be struggling like even if this is not the lane for you there is so many lanes available and because of society teaching us go to school get a job get that 401k do it this way we again stigmatize people who are out here living their best lives clocking in for no one making more money than you guys do in a year's time mm. because we're fearless and well not fearless we're bold and then we're doing it anyway even when it feels fearful most of my entrepreneurship friends are making way more money than they ever did on their nine to fives yeah. but so many of us are still staying on our nine to fives i don't even encourage people to leave until they feel like they're ready to leave because even us as we become entrepreneurs we need people to work for us mm -hmm. so everybody has to get comfortable but until you're comfortable come work with us let's go <laughs>
So, Blessin, if there's someone out here who's watching you right now, they want to get into the, your uh, program and they want to learn more about how they make their, um, you know, debut mm -hmm. in personal injury, what, uh, two things, mm -hmm. how can they find you and how can they work with you? And then I want you to wrap up with a, some, some wisdom, but okay. we'll there. Yes. So if anyone is interested in working with me, number one, follow me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active in social. So that is the or the, however you pronounce it the blessing no g attitudes uh we have a training that's going to be launching november the 11th so if you're interested in that depending on when you guys see this we have a wait list or either it will be available but whoever's on that wait list will be getting all the information first as things are developing and encouraging you to go ahead and get started versus waiting to that date but yeah that's how you guys can find me that's how we can work i just want to show everybody what i've been doing um, I've been sitting on this information for a very long time because it is it, it was for me hard to explain what I did because mm -hmm. I hustled literally. But it's also been so lucrative for me. I need other people to know that it's a thing yes. and that you can do it. And it's a great way of making some extra money. Yeah. Um, so that's why I've just become very passionate about it, because it has really changed my life like it's been such a blessing for me and i just wanted to be able to share it with you guys wonderful mm -hmm. can we do something special for the listeners yeah oh that's what we talked about the yes. last time um when it launches guys we're going to be 11 percent off yes 11 percent off for yes. anyone that comes through ariel or the the podcast it's going to be the code is going to be work and play or the link is going to um, have work and play in it but yes because you guys are um, interested in getting to a place where you're making additional income an extra stream of income learning how to do something but just the simple as staying on the phone finding referrals and then getting them to where they need to go literally can find 52 at, at least at minimum thousand dollars so with that being said I love the fact that every time I see you you look like you're working and playing <laughs> and I want you get to share some wisdom to someone who's trying to figure out how do I get to that level of balance in my life yes you know what this is what I want to say we, when we were here the last time and things and we had some technical yeah, issues yeah. you asked me about pros and cons yeah. and I gave you lots of pros and I told you I didn't really have any cons and when I went home to think about it I felt like that was not realistic yeah even though I don't like focusing on cons, come up with something. So I went home, so the pros are a lot of what we talked about. Hey, go out and get this money. Stop being, letting fear stop you. On the opposite side of fear is everything you've been wanting plus what you didn't know you wanted. Go for it, you got this, you can do it. I say I am a very solo-ish type person because the better you take care of yourself, the better you can take care of others and decide who you want to take care of. So always, um, you know, make sure that you're taking care of your, yourself. I, I meet so many people that pour from an empty cup mm -hmm. and I don't believe in that because that just leaves you empty. Yes. So continue to fill yourself. Don't feel bad or selfish that you can't do something for someone because it will make your situation worse. Keep your situation the best it can be and pour from that. That is gonna be my, my pro for you guys today. My con that I thought about was, because I'm such a hard worker, we talked about how I went back to work like a couple of days after having a C-section with my son. I'm in the house moving furniture. I'm in the house getting these referrals. Yeah. And as I looked back over it, even though I'm a very intentional mom, and I still did pretty decent, well damn good if I would say so myself, I would say that I would like to, this my next baby, not have to work as hard. 
because that baby stage goes by so fast that when I try to go back in my head and remember a lot of it, mm. I can't. Mm. I don't know if that's just a natural thing for all moms because it just happens so fast how the babies grow. But I would like to spend more and I and because he was a baby, I was like, he's not going to remember me not really probably holding him longer than I probably should have, mm. even though I was still very present. Um, I would have liked to be even more present. Yeah. You're describing the beginning of an entrepreneur journey and you're being honest about the fact that it's not easy. Yeah. Like even with breastfeeding, I stopped breastfeeding because it was just so inconvenient with working. Mm -hmm. That's kind of selfish from, for the mom's perspective, Mm -hmm. but I still did it, you know, the best I could till it was just like, all right, something got to give. But next time around, that would be my, my con that if I can just be even more an intentional mom in that newborn stage because I didn't have that luxury this time around, I wouldn't, I would love to have that. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, the, re, the way that I take that is um, take time to smell the roses. Mm-hmm. Don't be so enthralled with the entrepreneurial journey that you forget to live life. Mm-hmm. And I thank you for being transparent yes. about that. Cause mm-hmm. I told y'all, so I didn't tell y'all, but I told Blessing, this was gonna be a much better episode than the one that we even had for you. It's and a tie. It is. <laughs> to see her in real form and and hopefully you get to understand why personal injury is a, a better way easier way to make make some money outside of your nine to five um so until next time y'all be great tap into the link below yes. figure out how to get into the personal injury space and i'll see y'all in the next episode peace peace